so I've had this idea recently for like just a really laid back, really cool cold open. Uh, and I was really hoping, uh, you know, that it would come across that I'm a very relaxed guy that isn't too stressed out. And so I'm not sure uh, if it's working. Uh, is this cold open actually like, is this working? Um, I think you need like a Hawaiian t-shirt you need to like look more like an undercover cop and you need to have like some sunglasses and you need to like, uh, I don't know, have like a lay around you and stuff like that. Then, then I'll believe it. Right. Just tell everyone like, no, I'm totally not a cop. I am. I'm very <laughs> right. relaxed. I, I always have had a hard time jumping right into these openings, but this is the way to do it. I feel like, I feel yeah, like this is absolutely. comfortable. Uh, Luke, how are you feeling today? Uh, yeah, fine. Feeling good. Feeling great. That's awesome. Invigorated. Uh, and of course, our guest, Dory from PS Premiere. How are you? Oh, hello, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm Dory. I go by she, her pronouns. Um, and I'm happy to be here on Press X to Doubt. Thank you. Thank you. We're happy to have you. And yes, this is Press X to Doubt. Let's get into the real intro. Welcome to Press X to Doubt, where we talk about game news while lying about game news because we're terrible people that like to lie a lot. True. I am, of course, Preston Wilkie, here with Luke, here with Dory, and we are going to be getting into game news here in a moment. But first, Dory's already introduced herself, but uh, tell us more about what you do, where you work, uh, uh, you know, PS Premiere. You're our second guest from PS Premiere. We want to hear more about it. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I do a lot of content uh, with Smithy who uh, and other fine folks at PS Premiere. We do a weekly uh, podcast about all the recent PlayStation news. Um, we also um, do essays, reviews. Um, I have several reviews up there on that. Um, uh, and besides that, I also stream on Twitch. Um, and sometimes my partner and I make uh, silly videos together where we talk about movies or video games that we're really excited about. Um, so yeah, so that's some of what I do. Uh, I'm also a student, so that's my main thing right now. Awesome. And so what are, like, if you had two videos that you wanted to point people directly to, they want to jump into right now, instead of listening to this sweet podcast, where would you point them to? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, I just recently put up an Uncharted 4 uh, blind playthrough highlights from Twitch. Uh, it's a little over an hour long, so you can definitely cut that up. Um, but uh, so don't sit, you don't have to sit down and watch the whole thing. But that's one of my mo that's my most recent upload. Um, and it most accurately captures where I'm at in terms of streaming and uh, sort of my experience. Uh, a lot of my highlights are just funny moments or uh, or serious moments uh, a lot during that campaign i would do like pirate accents while i was reading letters to be <laughs> silly or i would do a psa because i've taken a class on piracy actually um so i know a thing oh, or really? two about pirates yeah so i know a thing or two about pirates and so i was like so here's how historically accurate this actually is versus you know what what we're being displayed here um and then my other video i'd recommend um if you want a much shorter video but it's really intense um i did a Secret, I, I fought the secret boss um, in Kingdom Hearts 3 on critical mode, um, and I oh, did yeah. that uh, like a few months ago. It took me around 50 tries or something. It was really low 50? because because it was really low because I had already watched a, a streamer play it a lot, so I already knew all the combos by watching them. I actually Hold was on, never so 50 is a low amount. Uh, it's it, for yes, 50 is low. 
Uh, some of these, some of the super bosses in the Kingdom Hearts Remind DLC that came out last year took me upwards of hundreds, if not two hundred tries. I racked up. Uh, PlayStation Sony let me know that I racked up uh, over a hundred, I think, one hundred thirty-nine hours in twenty twenty for Kingdom Hearts three, and that's almost all just super bosses. So yeah, if you wanna, <laughs> if you want, that's not even the main. That's almost none of that is me playing the main game again, which I did. Okay. Um, but yeah, so those are the two videos I I shout out. Sweet. Uh, yeah. So how do you feel about? I know we had talked about it a little bit before, but. How'd you feel about Uncharted 4? If you had to give it a number right now, give it a number. Uh, I'd probably give it a nine or a, or a four. Okay. Um, if we're doing like GI system, probably a nine, 9.25, something like that. Okay. Um, I was really strong on it. I, I think that there's like a couple of minor pacing issues. There are a couple of times where Nate would kind of get stuck to cover or I couldn't move around as freely as I wanted. Uh, and there were a couple of hokey kind of cliche scenes that brought down uh the sometimes for me but honestly this is just nitpicks um i i thought the game over i thought i think naughty dog really predict uh perfected the cover system the gunplay the climbing the the graphics are gorgeous i took several screenshots or whatever um and it's just it's just a gorgeous game with a very great cast um, you've got the two voice actors who are seemingly in every single video game ever, uh, known, right. um, so working off each other, which is great. Uh, and honestly, like I feel the bigger, the biggest thing from that game is that what I was kind of missing from all the other games, uh, except maybe two was that I actually cared about these characters. And I think four actually makes you care about Nate and Elena and all yeah. the other characters a lot more than you do prior. Yeah. And I think there's nothing better. Uh, well, very few things that are as satisfying as a grappling hook, jump up, punch to the face, and then killing a couple guys around the. It was know, so good. You can punch. you can push people off a cliff. I didn't even know you could do that. And the yep. first time I did it, I I I cackled maniacally like an insane person. Like <laughs> I just I was so excited, and I didn't even know that you could do that. Um, there's like. There's like a, uh, a part of the game where you're running away from all these people who are shooting at you. And I was literally so close to death and I just got away and I felt like an action movie hero star or whatever. Absolutely. And that, like they, that's what makes them great at Naughty Dog. Um, that yeah. and of course, Last of Us too. It's the same thing. Just that survival horror, perfect uh, gameplay and atmosphere. Uh, so Luke, you just had a Banjo-Tooie tournament last night, right? I did. Yes. How- How'd that go for you? Uh, well, the race was, uh, I mean, I won the race, but the guy I was facing also had like a way worse personal best than I did. So it was kind of like expected oh, no. to win. My yeah. run wasn't like great. I had a couple things I had never seen before, like classic game crash, but that's like Nintendo. That's like running on Nintendo 64. You know, you know how it goes. Cartridge tilt, you know, you touch the yeah. console the wrong way once and then uh, the game crashes and now you have to restart. So. I had some mistakes. Uh, I'm going up in the second round of, of winners uh, probably by the end of next week. So I'm going to have to clean up my gameplay if I uh, am hoping to stay in the winner's bracket. Obviously, it's double elimination. So got my work cut out for me, but wow. it should be okay. So the, whenever you say uh, end of next week, that is like 17th or 18th? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully my second match will conclude by that time. Okay, sweet. Yeah, let us know, and uh, hope if you can get us a date, we can always come and watch. So that's yeah, really cool. Fun. You speed run. You speed run Banjo Tooie. 
that's that is one of the games I speed run. Yeah, oh, that's I speed awesome. Run way too I, many I, games. God, I haven't played. I haven't played two E since I was a kid, but I freaking love that game. It's got a pretty good. It's we're trying to make the community a little more active nowadays. Uh, yeah. So right now, a two E hundred percent tournament is being hosted, and uh, at the beginning of next month, I'm actually hosting another two E tournament. Uh, but oh, it's okay. going to be more of a. It's more of a fun uh interactive uh bingo tournament uh if you know what speedrunning bingo is uh but it's for Tui, so that'll be a little more interesting as well and it's got That's a 500 dollars awesome. prize pool dun 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 what yes. <laughs> wow i'll be there yeah, I'm gonna yeah i think i think grundy herself will be there there you go <laughs> uh again let's get some early plugs out of the way dory uh where can people find you online yeah, so I have tried my best in in the recent year or so to make my tags a little more consistent because they used to be all over the place. I used to go by different Sounds internet like handles. Uh, but my quick pitch, uh, uh, you can find me at Claire, which is C-L-E-Y-R-E-192. And that is my Twitch, that is my YouTube, and that is my Twitter. And that's really all you need to know me on. Sweet. Uh, and of course, we are... At Twitter, press doubt. At Instagram, press underscore X to doubt. And we have uh, an email that... It, why? But... <laughs> this is <laughs> we, the first I'm hearing of this email. I don't, I don't know what dark forces you're speaking of. I only speak I, in the 21st century. I get plenty of email notifications from Zencaster, okay? Uh, and from... What is it? Anchor? I don't yeah. get any notifications from them. They don't care about me. All right. <laughs> First, we're going to be getting started with some news stuff. We're going to get into a couple of our favorite speed runs. Well, at least with Luke and Dory's favorite speed run. Then we're going to talk about Hitman 3 and the Mass Effect remaster news. If uh, by the end of it, we have any leftover time, we might talk about some miscellaneous news that maybe doesn't get covered in our first section. But as... This is our seventh episode. Everyone who listens already knows that we tell each other, well, today it'll be Luke and Dory will tell each other some game news articles and stories, and we will talk about them. But one of them is fake. Once we have shared all three of the articles or all six of the articles, we'll go back through and try to figure out which one of which, oh my gosh. We'll try to go through, figure out which two of the six articles are fake with some money on the line as usual. Whether that money is real or not is completely up in the air at this point. It's completely uh, up to you. Yep. You, the listener. <laughs> like that. The listener decides. Pay That's the right. man the money. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to start off as usual. I've, I think I've said as usual about five times already. You're at, you're uh, at your limit, Preston. I feel, yeah, I'm cut off. Okay, hold on. To start, we're going to figure out who goes first with a little bit of game trivia. Ooh. This is going to be, this style that I'm going to do this one is, you are trying to guess the title of a game. As we go along, I'm going to narrow down sort of the hints that I give you until the final hint is should be very clear what game it is. And at any point you can buzz in to take a guess at what the name of the game is. All right. Do we, do we say buzz or do we say our name? What do we do? So to buzz in, I want you to make whatever noise of your favorite video game enemy. 
So I really love the noise that Murlocs make in WoW. So I would do... <laughs> Is that that would be it, right? Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Uh, so, do y'all know what noise you're gonna make? Uh, I feel like Dory, you definitely know what your favorite game is. It's yeah, be all about choosing. I'm trying to think of my favorite Kingdom Hearts two enemies, but nobody's and Heartlesses don't make a lot of noises. That's true. They are like actually notoriously quiet about everything. They just got that little groove. They just like walk like this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the heartless, really. But let's see. Uh, Luke, do you have? Yeah, I think I've got one in mind. Yeah, sweet. All right. So I don't again, think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna like it, but I've got one <laughs> as long as it's not the the binding of Isaac like, noises. I don't think you're gonna like my impression of it. Let's put it that way. Huh. Oh, okay. All right. So y'all are trying to name that game. This game has had a movie tie-in in development since 2005. You know, off and on development. Alex Garland wrote the original screenplay for this tie-in. Uh, which, if you don't know Alex Garland, you know, Annihilation. What was the other show on FX? He's great. Two months after release, this game sold alongside... of all Xbox console sales. So for every two consoles sold, this had one of them. This was sold alongside one of them. There are 20 books that tie in to this universe. 20 books that tie into this. The first game released on November 15th, 2001. (laughs) (laughs) what what was that that is jippo jim from banjo tooie (laughs) it's one of the carnival workers oh i remember that yeah i remember that what Uh, is your guess okay i'm assuming this has to be halo this is halo yeah i was just thinking it was halo i was just thinking it I was going to do, um, Preston, I know you definitely want to hear my impression. Uh, I was yep. going to do my impression of Larkseen, uh, where she goes, buh bye. And she does, she, <laughs> like, she just then, like, shit, like electrocutes a 14 year old. Oh, God. <laughs> Good stuff. So sweet. I guess Luke gets it. Yeah, uh, I, had to, I had to wait till you said the, I had to wait till you said the announcement date because I was like, or the release date of the first game because. Part of me was like, this could be Gears of War. You yeah, know, they've been yeah. going in and out of like the film thing. And oh yeah, I, it wouldn't really be su- it wouldn't surprise me if it was like two whatever whatever you said two copies for every console sold or whatever. Yeah. But then I was like, two thousand one. This is Halo. So easy Halo. I figured easy that Halo. one would get it. My next, the final clue, uh, which I should have said, there's like six or seven games or whatever. It doesn't matter. The final clue is the main character's name is Master Chief. So <laughs> that would have that would have been it's the... John Preston. His oh, name is I'm the worst Xbox Get fan. Get your shit together, Preston. His it's title forgive is me. Master Chief. <laughs> Master uh, well, Chief John. Because I get to pick who goes first, and because there is a tradition of always letting the challenger go first. Dory, you may go ahead and give me your first article. Great. Uh, how much do I need to say about this? Do I just read the headline and that's it? 
or I think, I think you read the headline, you tell us a little bit about it, and then you okay. know we react and we share and okay, and then I'll go. Yeah. All right. So I know we were talking about Hitman Three later, so I'll try not to say too much. But uh, first headline I've got for you: uh, Hitman February roadmap has Min Max and Giant Bomb. Uh, they are going to have featured contracts from all sorts of different media franchises. Um, and uh, Min Max is a community that me and Preston are both part of. Uh, and so super exciting. They have been a lot of work within the community to make these contracts really cool. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to make any of the meetings. Um, so yeah. uh, I've been I have been wishing because they'd be so cool to put on my resume. Hey, I helped IO. <laughs> but um but not going on my resume anytime soon uh, obviously uh but super cool uh it is going to have uh it's coming out obviously some some point i think in a couple days actually um uh, and so the people at min max community are working hard to make sure those contracts are elusive but not too elusive so wait so for this article or for the for the uh story it's that are they working like in tandem with io now um, so as far as I understand but... it, the IO is basically, uh, contacting independent, I mean, independent ish, um, uh, right. video game, uh, podcasts and basically using them as a platform for, um, uh, for creating featured contracts and the way featured That's contracts cool. usually work. Yeah, it's really cool. And it, it, the way featured contracts generally work is that you have to kill certain, uh, certain enemies within the map that you normally wouldn't have to. Um, and they could just be NPCs. It could just be a certain way of killing the main target. Um, there's all kinds of ways to make it interesting. So they're actually having the community develop and then they're going to, they're going to implement sort of these contracts and send it out. Yes. To, yes. Oh, that's so there's really been really cool, cool things like, um, like letter quest, like killing your enemy with a letter opener. Uh, which is a reference to the Minmax show Better Quest. Oh, nice! Yeah. So, very cute. Catch on to that. Yeah. Have you been? Have you played any of these? Uh, the contracts that have sent out. I know we're going to talk about Hitman Three a little bit later. Yeah, but... I haven't gotten a chance to. Honestly, I, I've only I've only just beaten uh, the second level Dartmoor because um, I'm okay. kind of prepping for a little bit of a thing with another podcast. I don't want to say too much. But a Are little thing with another podcast, so I've been kind of biding my time till I played level two. But yeah. uh, uh, things have been kind of progressing slowly, so I just got around to it. I love level two, by the way, uh, Dartmoor. Uh, it's terrific. Um, I, I of course did the detective, uh, and it was. Uh, I love I love mysteries. I love noir uh, detective stuff. So it was just it was it was so fun. It was so fun. So what are some of the other, uh, I know I've watched like Leo and uh, Dan do their streams a little bit, right? Yep. Where they actually do these community made things. What are some of the other uh, uh, sort of contracts that have been created? Yeah, so I think one of the contracts that, um, so with, with Dan and, and Leo, I know one of the contracts they're trying to do is uh, come into a certain map. I think it's Berlin. Um, and be a pizza delivery guy and basically carry around a gun and just try to eliminate the main target without getting taken out. Because obviously as a pizza delivery guy, you're not supposed to have um, you're not supposed to have a gun. Uh, but I don't want to say yeah. too much. I don't want to. Oh, no. Yeah, but yeah, the, the pizza delivery guys aren't. Eh, it's normal. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the streets are dangerous for Domino's these days, especially in Berlin. You know, it just yeah. doesn't work there. It's, tough. it's a tough time. Yeah. 
Uh, sweet. Well, I, I'm actually really excited for that. I, I want to see what they push out. It's yeah, great, yeah, absolutely. All right, Luke, what's yours? What's your first one? All right, well, mine's definitely going to be a little more uh, of the mainstream, I think, uh, than yeah. kind of the independent-ish uh, article we just got from Dory. But uh, thanks to a dedicated uh, Mega Man fan and support from the LEGO community, the LEGO group and Sega have given the green light to produce an official Mega Man Lego set, officially what? known as Dr. Wiley's Factory Lego Ideas Design. This was conceived by a 30-year-old fan uh, named Viv Grinnell, uh, and mm. the uh, article is showing an image of Grinnell's idea. I guess Lego Ideas is a website where, uh, like, Lego fans and other, I guess, Lego enthusiasts can propose new ideas for sets that are then, like, voted on by the community, and apparently... Uh, this uh, Mega Man idea was like really, really popular for the quasi boomers. You know, the people that are like a little bit older than myself and Preston and yeah, uh, the late millennials. Yeah, exactly. Well, the early millennials, right? Like yeah. Really yeah. early millennials. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I guess like Lego has been delving into the gaming scene for quite a while now. You think like all the Lego games that have come out, but now yeah. like Lego Mega Man. It seems like a little, uh, I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Thoughts, so reactions. first off, I, I have to ask, have y'all seen the clip on YouTube? It's a classic clip where, uh, it's Pharaoh man and Mega man and, uh, Mega man is like hiding from Pharaoh man. This is the nineties cartoon, by the way, um, oh. with the very like hokey, uh, voice acting. Uh, he jumps out of the fountain and taps on Pharaoh Man's arm because that's how he gets their powers in the in the cartoon series. And he's like, "I've got your power." And Pharaoh Man goes, "I don't care." And he just punches him right in the oh, face. No. And it's just a classic scene. Please look it up if you've never seen it before. It's it's great. An nice. immediate reaction on it. It's just an immediate reaction of like, dude, whatever. I could just punch you, and he just punches him. Uh, and the clip ends, and it's I've uh, it's so funny. Will the Lego set be that scene? Is that what, what is the Lego set actually like look wish. like? Uh, it's called, well, they've got like, a me they've got like Lego versions of like Mega Man, his dog, Rush. And they've got Dr. Wily in the background. It's like, like an industrial factory. It kind of looks like if you looked at it from the side, it would be like the side scroller kind of deal, you know? Okay. Like you're used okay. to seeing, um, you know, the Lego, Mega, the Mega Man's got the little like arm gun sort of thing that attaches mm -hmm. onto the little Lego arm uh yeah That's really cool. i mean uh they said price and release date have not been announced but it is now yeah. officially in development i it's one like they're gonna charge lego sets already are kind of like what 50 dollars, right it kind of depends uh, on like what you buy like i remember okay. back in the day like purchasing the lego millennium falcon was like oh my god it, it yeah. was like upwards of like 80 dollars. like it was a huge Jesus. set but it was also like 600 pieces right like yeah. it was a humongous yeah. set have either of y'all ever gone to legoland yes back oh, wow. in the day way back in the day wow i've never been any, about... any of those lego places but they always sound so cool yeah. that's the one in times square right they have the one amusement in park in san diego oh never mind. that's what i was referring to that's what yeah. i've been to that's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't They're very close to each other, though, Preston. You were so close. San Diego, <laughs> yeah, New York. Yeah. I mean, I'm square San Diego. Might as well be five feet away from each other. Yeah. If you are a uh, 
an unsure European of American geography, you might think that they are close. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I've had a, that's true. I've had a guy be like, not, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an unsure American of geography. So those could be fair. Fair. Uh, so they have not announced the release date for it. So this is actually, you know, Luke, you said earlier, but this is very closely related to Dory's, where it's like the community gets to create something, and then like the too. company will actually connect. Yeah. And like build out what the community creates. That's really cool. And I like that it's sort of these these companies are reaching out. And, you know, I guess, would you think that it's kind of like, why am I not getting paid to be this designer? You know, like, is there a finder's fee kind of thing or a creator's fee? I don't know. Because like usually when it comes to community, like when it usually comes to like community-based decisions, like the companies like reach out, you usually get like all those like, Mimi heavily upvoted like crap yeah. ideas like yeah. you know like toothpaste flavored, toothpaste flavored lays yeah Bodie McBoat face Bodie McBoat face I was just thinking uh, that yep you know uh Stephen Colbert got like the NASA treadmill like named specifically after him like it's literally called oh, the yeah. Colbert uh or like you know Pop Tarts did the one thing and it was like laundry detergent Pop Tarts and crap yeah. like that like. So I don't know, like for me, it seems like kind of a meme, but it is also cool that like somebody takes at least, at least somebody's taking Lego seriously. And they're like, no, we could actually have a legit like gaming Lego. Yeah. Cause you know, Lego's already done like Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, like classic right. franchises that uh, there's been movies and video games about. And while there hasn't been like a Mega Man movie per se, like obviously the games are huge, very popular over here and in Japan. Yeah, I mean, it's going to make money. It's going to sell like crazy. Yeah, that's for sure. Even if you're not like a Lego fan, like you might just be a Mega Man fan and it's like, yeah. I got to have this set. Dory, go ahead with your So set. continuing my discussion of completely indie games, uh, The Last of Us 2, I'm sure none of you have ever heard of it before, uh, garnered uh, absolutely- uh, This podcast, never. Uh, I... Garnered absolutely uh, <laughs> universal acclaim and praise across the uh, internet, and absolutely no one hated it whatsoever. No one hated it. No one started nope. controversy over dumb shit like women's muscles. Anyway, um, apparently, a player has recently discovered that uh, Ellie can catch ammo in midair. Um, so if you are fast enough, as you shoot, he has this clip um, where he shoots somebody. Uh, and then as he's running by the enemy, he presses the up button or triangle button, whatever it is, to pick up items. I don't remember. It's been a while since I played. Um, but uh, he picks uh, Ellie picks up the ammo right out of the air as she's going by after she shot him. Uh, and a lot of people are just like, how the hell is that? I don't know. And it looks like a fluid animation. Like, it looks a little weird, obviously, because it's really quick. But if you yeah. slow it down, um, honestly, I mean, Ellie doesn't look that out of place. It's just weird that she would have the reflexes to be able to do it. But otherwise, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a really cool trick that uh, people have just discovered recently. So in Last of Us 2, normally whenever they drop air, ammo, it's just, you know, a pickup on the ground. And that it doesn't yeah. really look like ammo, right? So it does it. This just it sort of pops out. Yeah, that it pickup, pops right? out. You can see the cartridge. It's cool because you can see the cartridge of the gun pop out, and then and then she grabs it in midair or something like that. Um, and it's just it's wild. So uh, the amount the... of detail here. Yeah, exactly. I, that's just the incredible thing about this game. Sometimes again, as Luca was uh, alluding to earlier, we may have gone into it a couple times, but the the detail in this game, whenever you have. Uh, 
something like something so small that the character is still able to interact with and do it fluidly and not look too bad. That's pretty incredible. Luke, your second. All right. We got any resident evil fans in the house? No, really, really excited to share (laughs) this one. So as we all know, resident evil village is coming out on May 7th, uh, the 10th installment of the survival horror series. Uh, There is a (laughs) resident evil limited run edition collector's edition going on sale in Japan for a whopping $1,800. What? I'm sure you're wondering what Do all you get is the included. Big vampire lady? I'm that sure better, you're all... better have the tall vampire lady yourself <laughs> coming, coming over to, you know, never mind. Well, I'm sure you're wondering what all is included in the 1800 collector's edition. Well, I'm very happy to tell you. Not only do you get the game, of course you get the game, you get a Chris Redfield statue, a special box, an art book, uh, some collector's edition uh, maps and concept art and little replicas of the guns. But that's not it. You also get a wearable replica of Redfield's Chester Peacoat. What? Yes, For that 1800? is correct. For $1,800? Now, this is quite a step up, obviously, from the normal collector's edition of 219 And, uh, yeah, you get this Peacoat. And uh, the coat does go up to size extra large, you know, for all those gamers who, you know, have a little bit more to eat at home. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a coat. It's a peacoat. It's literally like a That's like a dark gray peacoat. So if you're wanting to look like Chris Redfield. Which I do. Which maybe you do. Uh, <laughs> and you want to pay an excruciatingly amount of money for it, then, yeah. So you, you said this it was collector's edition. $1,800. It, well, it's technically 192,000 yen, right? It's going on okay. sale in Japan. Yeah, right. But, uh, I mean, honestly, if you look at a picture of the coat, I mean, you can get a coat like this for like $200 max. Okay, so it doesn't look like Wait, a quality this, coat. This is not a coat. bedazzled coat. If this is like your everyday normal Ooh, it's a little chilly outside. I'm going to put on my peacoat, peacoat. Mm. So there is no big vampire lady involved either. No, just the, you know, uh, desk version of the Redfield statue, if you will. Absolutely his, not buying his it. little replica. Not, not buying it at all. Uh, <laughs> there's no tall vampire lady. I don't know what we're even doing here. Uh, Capcom, <laughs> swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. So is it, it's just a, I would have to look at Chris Redfield again and see how cool he looks in it. You know, like, it, it, am he I, doesn't look that cool. Oh. Yeah, it, he's like a, he's like a budget Neo. Gonna pass. Gonna pass. You're going to feel really silly when I show up next spring or whatever, next fall in this sweet coat. And you're going to be like, I think, hey. I think maybe. You know, maybe Capcom is thinking like, oh, it'll sell in Japan because cosplayers, like, maybe? Right, I don't right. know. Like maybe they're like, oh, yeah, people, super big Resident Evil fans are are going to buy this just so they look exactly like the guy. And they could say, this is the official not, peacoat. I don't think they would be entirely wrong. That would uh, be something that... I've got a purple peacoat, but it's not... 
It's I I think it's a pea coat. It like it's like a trench coat kind of thing. But anyway, yeah, it's not eighteen hundred dollars. Not eighteen hundred dollars. I actually got it for like seven at at a Savers. So, but it's not yeah. the official collector's edition. Chris Redfield, you got me beat. Yeah, yeah. We're so gonna have to go. be. Uh, if you're wanting to purchase that, gentlemen, uh, get a flight to Japan May seventh. Dory, go ahead. My final article, you've activated my trap card. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, hey, uh, little, little, this is actually an indie game, so, um, uh, well, kind of, I don't know, if you, if you get awards at the, the game awards, I don't know how indie you are anymore, but, yeah. uh, Disco Elysium, uh, the oh. final cut is coming out in March, it was one of my favorite games of, uh, of, uh, 2018 or 2019, uh, I think it was 2019, uh, if it hadn't been for Kingdom Hearts 3, it would have easily been my number one um and yeah so the final cut's coming out um and believe it or not and i mean that's the whole point of this uh it will have (laughs) over one million words uh voice acted uh and and it's the the game is so expansive so massive in terms of uh text that it requires three different people three different voice directors to put it together including one that has classical theater training uh and this is all being done in-house what Three yeah. different people in order to put this together. So uh, a classically trained uh, theater director uh, yeah. who is new to the staff, the original voice director, uh, and one of the writers. And you said it was a million words or it's lies? Over, it is over a million, 1.2 million words uh, as a part of Disco Elysium. All are going to be voice acted, which is why it wasn't probably wasn't released in December um, <laughs> yeah. as it was originally planned. Uh, and yeah, it's it's... There's also um, going to be some new political missions, uh, and they are, you know, refining some of the animations uh, and improving some lightning things, some minor fixes along. Uh, it's going to be a free update. Uh, this is just about Final Cut in general, but this is uh, mm-hmm. going to be a free update for PC. Uh, and then, oh, of cool. course, it's also coming to consoles. Um, and so I'm very excited to pick it up for the PS4 and review it at PS Premiere. Not to spoil oh. anything, but yeah. So you are going to be able to review review it? Uh, yeah, I mean, That's I don't know if I'll get a, a copy. Uh, I will probably, yeah. I'll, right. I would love to get a review copy from uh, Z-A-U-M. I don't know how yeah. to say the name, Zom. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would love to get a review copy, so I'll probably look into that with uh, with Smithy. But um, yeah, but over one million words, uh, three different voice directors, uh, classical theater training included, and it's all done in-house. Hmm. And so... Uh, Luke, have you ever seen or played Disco Elysium? I have seen trailers of it. Uh, I don't own it. I've never like gotten to sit down and play it. But I will say that I it's been like on my wish list, I guess, if that's like a yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. In terms of like indie games, because I've definitely like seen it, and uh, I know it's been talked about like within a couple of my speedrunning communities. But I've never sat down to like look at it and actually like play it for myself. Yeah, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Like I would, I would absolutely say it's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I think it's amazing. I, I, the the twists are great. The plot's great. The 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 sparse voice acting that is there is incredible. Yeah. Um, and uh, there is some voice acting for some of the lines, but eventually, like it starts just becoming text. Um, but they're doing this not to just, you know, they want to make it more accessible for people because you got to kind of zoom in and kind of yes. like really look yeah. look at some of the text. So they want to make it more accessible to folks who are, uh, you know, visually impaired 
um, or I just don't want to freaking like look at all, uh, read all the time. I don't mind. I love it's, reading. Right. But I'm it is a textbook of text, right? Yes, it's like, yes. it's huge. And it's over, it's 1.2 million words. Um, and so, um, so, but they're also doing, cause this is originally the, the disco Elysium they wanted to. And obviously after it just blew up, uh, in terms of popularity and they got, and they won at the game awards and all that, they obviously got the budget to release it as originally intended this is like a director's cut just think of it as a director's cut Mm -hmm. for like blade runner or something like that yeah it really was one of the most just i don't know it's quietly impressive games of the year it came out where uh it's not going to be bombastic it's not going to be this huge spectacle of a game but you just feel every single moment and like whenever so in the game you're parts of your psyche are sort of your skills and then those skills will interact directly with you. Right. And so whenever, uh, like what's one of you, what's one of the main skills story? Um, yeah. So, uh, one of the main skills is like shivers, which gives you, uh, a deep insight of how the city works and like what's going on in the given city. And so that would come in whenever shivers came in, it would sort of have this, like almost like a call out line. Right. Or maybe like the first line, like you were saying earlier, would be fully read. And every single skill had this different characteristic to it that was immediately eerie and very present uh, and upsetting. And I wonder, I don't think it would necessarily take anything away from that. But having just that single line that sort of stands out for each one as they come in uh, would be... I don't know if that loses some of the effect whenever their entire dialogue is uh, is spoken aloud. Yeah, but again, there's I- also a little bit of recasting going on because obviously there are a lot of lines that people now have to do, and they had some casual voice actors come in. Yeah, um, before and uh, there's even uh, people from a, a popular leftist podcast, and they came on. I can't remember their the the podcast name, uh, but whatever. Um, and they they voiced some of the people um, hmm. who had Sparks vocal on, but now they they want it done a, as in house as possible and have uh, you know a, get their own voice actors and stuff like that and make sure that it's up to snuff. Um, they tried tried to make sure that the the core elements, uh, you know, Kim Kitsuragi, um, obviously, um, and a couple of I think Kuno as well as a couple of other characters retain their voice actors as was original. Yeah. But okay, some cool. of the side, some of the side characters that you don't hear as much of, and whose voice you probably won't remember, are probably yeah. going to be changed. Okay. Uh, I think that's just a necessary evil. Um, you know, it's difficult to get the same voice actors. Obviously, it's two. It's almost two years late, or you know, once they started producing this, it was probably a year, year and a half later. So people are in different parts of their lives. Um, some people may not be interested in in that much of a job because they just came in to do it casually. Whatever. Yeah. No, I'm very excited for that, and. Just to have it on console. Uh, again, I'm so excited. So I played it on PC, excited. but I'm not very big about just sitting at my desk uh, and playing that long of a game. Yeah. So having it, is it coming to Switch? I, I don't believe it. there are any plans as of now to bring it to Switch, but it is coming to basically everything else. Okay, so that's a very long game to play on the Switch, but I feel like I could definitely play it on the game or play it on the Switch. <laughs> Uh, uh, there is a hey, there is a there is a Game Boy. Uh, mo- Damn, I should have had this as my news thing. But there is a Game Boy Boy mod of Disco Elysium. You can only play <laughs> like the first hour or something like that. But yeah, it's a it's a, just a you can play it on your Game Boy. It's got the same like old school 
uh, uh, sort of graphics that, you know, 16 bit or whatever um, that a Game really Boy cool. would have. Uh, it's really cool. It's just the first hour, but um, but it's all playable. Yeah, that's really neat. All right, Luke, take us home. All right. Are you a fan of 007? Are you a fan of Goldeneye? Are you simultaneously a fan of Mario and Mm -hmm. the Super Mario Brothers? Well, now uh, you can tide yourself over with a brand new emulator-based mod of the classic Goldeneye for Nintendo 64 that swaps out James Bond Alec and Odd Job for Mario, Luigi, Toad, and the whole gang as you go into the specific custom level Double O Agent Peach's Castle. That's so cool. That is as so Mario cool. with a uh, D44 Dostevi uh, pistol, and you go in taking out Koopa Troopas, uh, Goombas, and of course, all three Bowsers. <laughs> I want to play. Mario Goldeneye, uh, uh, proximity mines only. Like, <laughs> look, Luke, I'm I'm gonna be pissed if this isn't true. I'm gonna be so mad if this isn't true. If you're if you're lying to us here, that's gonna suck, dude. So, uh, you know, this is a this was actually a, a mod that was released a while back, um, but uh, I guess like its third anniversary of of the mod oh, being wow. released um, was you know recently just last month, and so. The uh, mod creator decided to celebrate its third anniversary with a completely reworked final level. Uh, it's got like the classic uh, golden eye third person aerial zoom into the first person perspective. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah. It shows nice. James Bond. It goes, and then it, goes so it shows Mario and then it goes behind his head and then Mario pulls out a gun and, you know, he's walking <laughs> into Peach's castle and it's got the classic like, you know, you open the doors and you can see all the enemies behind. It's not like in Super Mario 64, there's like the animation of opening the doors. Right. Um, yeah. And like you go through the entire, you know, it's not like there are any star doors. You just go through the entire castle, basically shooting uh, Goombas with Tommy guns and wearing sunglasses because they're like the evil Russians, basically. So is Toad the odd job of uh, Goldeneye or of Mario? (laughs) No, no. I think like like honestly, in the trailer, it doesn't show any of like any other friendly Ah, characters. Dang. Uh, It literally is just like a ransacking of the castle while also like collecting all the ammo and basically opening the door and immediately headshotting the Koopas. And (laughs) it's a much uh, less family friendly Mario game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wouldn't play this one with your kids. Um, I don't think Nintendo signed off on this one. They, right, they yeah. Have a, surprised they have not shut this one down, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a bit disconcerting to see uh, Mario gunning down his enemies with uh, various automatic weaponry. He's not even jumping on their heads. Well, or is he stomping on their I, heads? I would just, no, the... I just love it if, if Mario just shows up in front of Bowser and he goes, it's a me, clicks uh, clicks back hammer, Mario. It's the I am Iron Man or whatever. It's yes. Just that final shot. Yeah. All right. Well, that was actually a pretty quick round, wasn't it? We We've were got flying through. All of them labeled off. We have six different articles, three from each of y'all, trying to figure out which of the two 
Uh, which two out of the six are the fake ones? So we've got Min Max with I Min Max and Giant Bomb doing a partnership with IOI in order to create community sort of contracts for Hitman. The Mega Man Lego set as created also by a community member uh, <clears throat> in order to, uh, or for, what was it? What was the website? Uh, Le- Lego Ideas. Lego Ideas. They created a Lego Mega Man set that is now going to be actually sold. We have The Last of Us 2. Ellie can catch ammo as it flies from an enemy as an enemy drops it in midair because that game is insane the resident evil village collector's edition with the sweet sweet coat that'll make you exactly into leon kennedy and you leon kennedy right that's his name no it's chris redfield chris Chris redfield Redfield, sweet sweet coat (laughs) and you can look just as cool as him for only eighteen hundred dollars the director's cut of disco elysium and its number of lines, uh, 1.2 mil or not lines, words, uh, words, 1.2 million words, getting a classical acting director um, to come through, getting three. Uh, what was it? Three new people. It's 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 uh, just three voice directors. One is classically yeah. trained in theater. Uh, the other one is the original voice director, and one is a writer. Sweet. Or, yeah. And then the GoldenEye Mario mod that lets you be james mario as opposed to mario mario uh and <laughs> you get to go through bowser's castle slaughtering uh with that sweet sweet gun all right now we're going to try to figure out which of the articles are fake luke i'm going to say since you won earlier you get to go first in trying to decide which of Dory's is false. Okay, well, I I feel like uh, I'm really at a loss with the first article for sure because you guys are just way much more involved in that community than I am. Yeah. That could be true. That could be false. Number two sounds, sounds pretty correct. I can't imagine that one would be fake uh, unless you really like swindled me. But I've also never played the game. It could be fake. I don't know if she's able to catch the ammo. Uh, but knowing the accolades that that game has gotten, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and then number three, uh, you know, another one where I'm like, uh, is this real? Would you really get a classically trained theater guy to do this specific kind of voice acting work for an indie video game? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if you didn't know, Dory, I am a theater teacher. So that one oh, is awesome. very interesting to me. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to make my wager. Uh, and I think my wager is going to be a measly $5. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say that they did not hire a classically trained theater person for 1.2 million words of voice acting stuff in Disco Elysium. And that on, one makes you... the least amount of sense to me. And before you reveal it, Dory, okay. um, we are going to go through, I think, and this is weird because I'm actually part of this community. Uh, I'm really torn between the director's cut one 
And then I'm also, because I agree with Luke, like, I don't know if they would bring in the classic, even though they do have these, like, the way that the lines are said and the way that the game is presented, it does have a gravitas to a lot of it. And so maybe they would have this sort of like classically, because I don't know, there is this like Shakespearean sort of, I don't know, the way that they say their lines sometimes. But I'm at a loss for the min-max one. Like I have felt super uh, out of the loop lately. I'm going to say the min-max one is not true because I know that they are like doing stuff, but I don't think they're actually partnering with anybody. But I know that they're doing like the, 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 uh, the streams and stuff and they are working together between min-max and giant bomb, but I don't think they're actually partnering with IOI, which would be really, really cool. And I think they need to make it happen. And I'm also going to match Luke's and say five whole dollars because I'm a big spender. You know, I've got the money to throw around. I don't know if I told y'all, but I put in one share of GME recently. So uh, mm. I basically made $200 and walked away. Walked away on top. Crazy. So, Dory, which of your three are fake? Is fake. That's the word. It's the first one. Uh, okay. So... Aww. Yep. So okay. So first off, first Luke. off, I it's a half truth. So MinMax is working with IOI. That is actually true. But Giant Bomb is not. Kind of Funny Games is. I hope oh, that's really? allowed. Yeah. It's Kind of Funny Games, well, not uh, Giant Bomb. Um. Oh. Yeah. So they are actually developing stuff with IOI. Yeah. They are. They are actually like legit. There is legit like advertisement that has the MinMax brand logo on it. And it, and basically they're developing wow. the contract for uh, IOI. Yeah, there's a there's a interview with Disco Elysium Final Cut, uh, one of the people uh, behind the game, and they they explicitly say they got a classically uh, classical theater director or whatever because they have so many lines, they have so much acting, uh, they want to make sure that it's really brought out in full force as much as possible. Um, so they did do it. Uh, they really did do that. I'm surprised. I didn't even think about that as the part. That would really trip you all out. Uh, but yeah, um, the first one's a half truth. It, it's technically a lie. If I had said kind of funny games, it would have been a complete. It would have been complete truth. But I said giant bomb. The the hint there was that giant bomb has been losing a lot of people lately. So I was mm -hmm. hoping maybe y'all were up to they date really on have. that, yeah. and that it wouldn't make any sense for IO to go with them because uh, giant bomb lost a Abby and lost a few other people recently uh, yeah, in terms really of going to lead going other things. So. Um, yeah, and Luke, you were definitely at a loss for that one. But even I was like, I don't, I wasn't completely sure about that. And I didn't even know that they were actually doing this partnership at all. Yeah, uh, kind of funny. It's way bigger figured, than MinMax, so it's real cool. I just figured it was like, oh, here's a chance that like, you know, they're in another unique plug. You can throw me off. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that. Very nice, very nice bluff. You got me. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm not very good. I'm not good at deception games, so I can't believe that I, I even fooled one of you, honestly. Here's my money. Here's your $5. Terrific. All right. Uh, Dory, now if you want to try to pick out Luke's lie. Again, it All was right. Mega Man Lego. Yep. Don't worry about me. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, Go ahead, Dory. Yeah, I've got them all written down. I was typing them out oh, as uh, cool. Kyle was saying them. 
Uh, so what I have down here is Ooh. official Mega Man Lego set, Resident Evil Collector's Edition 1800 with Peacoat in parentheses, and 007 GoldenEye Mario mod. Dun, dun, All right. Dun. This is a matter of wants. There are things on this list I want to be true, and there are yeah. things on this list I don't want to be true. You had so many details for all three of these that I'm honestly not sure which one is true or false, <laughs> but I'm also pretty bad at picking up on social cues and other things. So there's probably something I missed. The first one is awesome. I really hope that they do have the Mega Man Lego set. I can also believe it because Lego has done a lot of wild partnerships before. Like you said, Indiana Jones and Harry Potter. It wouldn't surprise me in the, lead, uh, in the, in the least. Uh, I also know that Legos do have a very active community and it also would not surprise me if somebody brought that to their attention and they did Mega Man. It's a kind of a niche choice, but Mega Man's a huge video game character, so maybe mm -hmm. not that niche. Um, the second one is what I think is not true, uh, because, mostly because I don't want it to be true. Uh, because if, <laughs> if, if it is true, I've lost a little bit of respect for Capcom. I know they're a big corporation and stuff. I shouldn't have respect for them anyway. But they're, the $1,800 for a fucking pea coat is just... Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> We don't normally, but I'll I'll blow, okay. I'll, I'll bleep it. No worries. <laughs> um, for a pea coat is ridiculous. Uh, sorry, the the spirit of the the Lord kind of took me over in that moment. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so I don't think that's true, and I want I want so badly for that Golden Eye Mario mod to be true. I I just want it to be true. I don't know that it is. My heart of hearts is telling me that it's probably not and that I'm too naive and gullible for this world. But I'm going to say the middle one is false and the third one and everything else is true. Does that make sense? The Resident yes. Evil one is false. All right. I So I'm going with sort of a half-truth idea. I do. I believe that, that uh, the Peacoat one is real because it's just you, you, got, you got people that can be uh, that just really want to be uh, those characters, and so they they'll it's it would be very sad if it is, but uh, and I mean it would be greedy on their part, I think, to do something like that. But I'm not, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I feel like the Goldeneye one, Goldeneye was in the news recently because a lot of like the the 360 remake. Uh, there have been a lot of leaks around the 360 remake coming out. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I feel like, Luke, you saw that it was in the news and you're banking on it being like, well, they're going to just think Goldeneye. They're going to see it. So I'm going to say that one's the false one because you're losing the you're using the headline. And I'm going to say five dollars on that one. Dorian, oh yeah, so I will. Uh, I will also uh, wager. Um, I don't usually wait, bet on things, by the way. Just a personal policy of mine. Uh, well, you but don't have I'm to break going it to here. I'm going okay. to. I'm going to break it here. First time ever on Press X to doubt. <laughs> uh, the five dollars I just won. <laughs> You're both wrong. Are you kidding <laughs> me? <laughs> All right. So number two is absolutely true. They are selling this horrible Pico and everything for eighteen hundred dollars. They wow. do have a third third anniversary of the Peach's Castle Double O Agent Mario cool. Goldeneye mod. I can post the trailer later for you guys to revel in that glory. Uh, there sadly will not be a Mega Man Lego set. It is going to be a Sonic the Hedgehog Lego set. Uh, see? Oh. Not Mega Man. Okay, I'm actually more excited about the Sonic one. 
<clears throat> so that's <laughs> like I I like that. Uh, so instead of yes, yeah, so it's no longer Doctor Wily's factory. This is the Sonic Mania Green Hill Zone. Uh, that was the design that we shared on Lego Ideas. So it had to do with Sonic the Hedgehog. Why hasn't there been a Sonic the Hedgehog Hot Wheels crossover for the Green Hill Zone, where you can make the Green Hill Zone in a Hot Wheels track? And now I'm angry that Hot Wheels doesn't have a creator. That's a great question. That is a great question. I appreciate that. And I'm going to email Hot Wheels. And I'm going to email <laughs> Sonic himself right now. Perfect. There you go. There we go. Very nice. So that is going to be for... I. So we both... Well, I guess Dory came out flat. Uh, yeah. She does not owe any money, but she did not lose or win any money. Just sorry, I, I like it. have not... Or I... Oh, both of y'all five dollars. I think again as usual. Yeah. No, 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 no. I guessed for Dory's. I guessed correctly. Oh, uh, for yeah. Luke's. You did. I did not guess correctly. So yeah. I right. don't. So you owe, owe me five dollars. You five dollars. And I are good. So there you go. That's right. Well, I just posted all my links in there as well. The plot seconds. And you know what, Luke? Whenever my subscription on Twitch comes back around, I'll just call it again. <laughs> I'll just Any say that primers? there's your five dollars. Any primers? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> all right. So whenever we get back after this, we're going to be talking to Dory and Luke about their favorite speed runs. Then we're going to go into a couple questions for Dory on uh, some of her work in PS Premiere. Then we're going to go into the Hitman impressions. Might be a little bit short since we've already gone into it a little bit. And then finally, our Mass Effect remaster, which I'm really super pumped about. Uh, we'll be back after this word from our sponsor. Has this winter been getting you cold? Yeah, it's so cold. Would you like to pay $1,800 for a peacoat? Uh, no. No! Oh, all right. Hello, everyone. <laughs> we are back and ready to go. Uh, we are going to get started with... Dory and Luke's top like three, maybe not top three, but three great speed runs that they really enjoy. Uh, sort of why you enjoy them. Uh, just want to talk about like what makes them so great and nothing too exciting, but well, it's super exciting. Never mind. What am I saying? Dory, what's one of your first speed runs? Just go ahead and jump right into it. Sure. Um, so one of my first picks is really funny. I don't actually much care. Uh, this is going to be controversial. I don't much care for this game, uh, but I think the speedruns of it are absolutely fascinating and enthralling. Uh, and they are still highlights from this game to this day from all the shenanigans players get up to. I am, of mm. course, talking about Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, mm. The speedrunning scenes for that. What's that? Said so you're a monster if you don't like Breath of the Wild. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I I played uh, about four hours of it, and I was like, eh, I don't know about this. Um, but um, yeah, I do love the speedrunning community that was been built around it. I've watched a few from AGDQ. Uh, that was an unintentional rhyme. Um, and I've really enjoyed them. Uh, the one I would point to is the most recent one. Uh, I believe it's the most recent one. Um, and it's 
by uh oh i forgot to actually put who it's by uh, I, th- I believe it's uh uh wolf or something like that but i'll excuse me look it up in a second but the thing that i love so much about these um the speed run in particular ah uh wool hike song uh and i'll I'll, and i'll i'll put all the links in the discord in case we want to put in the description and all that yeah um i'll have links to all these uh but wool hike song does uh an amazing job of just showing how the breath of the wild speed run is done uh the tricks are amazing uh it's a lot of using different techniques all at the same time to catapult you um i mean basically you're catapulted all the way to ganon's tower um, you beat Ganon with basically almost no armor, um, so it's very tough. Um, and you uh, are able to, um, you know, you have to fight all the four uh, beasts or whatever um, because you haven't beaten them prior. Um, so they're there to help out Ganon. Um, and yeah, you just find really, really good weapons throughout Ganon's castle, and then you use those weapons in very certain ways. Uh, it's just so skillful, uh, it's so entertaining, it's funny. Um, it's well done. Uh, if I remember correctly, the commentary is pretty good as well. Uh, it's just a great time and it's only about 33 minutes of your time. It's not That's a very, a for test. yeah, How it's not a very run. long speed run at all. Wow. So it's pretty easy to just sit down, get really entertained for it's, it's not a lot of bang for your buck basically, or it's a lot of bang for your buck, whatever. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, 30, 33 minutes. Yeah, it's really incredible. Even still getting, again, launching yourself, taking the time to launch yourself. Still have to pick up some of the weapons in the castle. Still have to make sure that you're prepped for that fight. Yeah. Like, that's pretty incredible. Uh, Luke, I know that you maybe have some experience with speedrunning. So maybe you've got a maybe. little bit of a uh, of a bias here, like you said. What is your first one that you got? Uh, my first one, obviously, is super biased. I play it all the time. It's the very first Spyro game, Spyro the Dragon. Uh, it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's the game that got me into speedrunning, but it's really the game that like has over and over solidified my love for the hobby. Um, okay. over the past, like five to six years, the Spyro world record has been held by one of two people. Um, hmm. and their names are Saboom and, uh, Chris LBC. Um, and it was largely believed that, you know, Saboom had taken it from Chris probably two and a half years ago, and he's held it for so long. And it was largely believed that, like, nobody would ever take it back. Nobody would ever do anything with it. And then a guy who's been running the game basically just as long, but maybe not as well, uh, finally crushed the world record uh, really? a month ago by about 30 seconds. So not only did he, like, beat the world record but he destroyed it and now i heard about this the third only guy to have world record in the spiral game so uh it's an awesome speed run it's got really really clean movement and a lot of really cool speed tech and obviously it's just like one of those nostalgia playstation hero games it's just really fun i remember hearing about the nasty ganork uh skip or it's not a skip it's uh is like a portal skip or something you can do on that final world uh, that I think he discovered or someone before I discovered and he perfected it. I can't remember the exact story, but I remember hearing about this. Yes. Yeah. Credit skip. Yeah. Yep. Credit skip. Yeah. So it, how was he able to, was that like that trick shaved off well, a lot of the 30 seconds or no, was it just all, all the runners do credit skip, all the like top, top runners do credit skip, okay. but it was just, 
his movement throughout the hour and 20 minute game was just cleaner. Yeah. Just an excellent run. Yeah. And you know, like I'm very much like underselling it. His movement is nuts. Like when, you know, people call Saboom like the God of Spyro. Mm -hmm. So like the fact that, um, that Deo man came in, he's the new world record holder, uh, and just crushed it was just crazy to me. Not only did he crush it, but like five days later, he got Twitch partner. So oh, nice. uh, pretty big, pretty big month for him, for sure. Has anyone even have, has like Saboom come close to getting it back in any way? Like is, is, so I mean, or Saboom does he just... had not been actively running the game for okay. quite some time. He had been running some other stuff, but. Resting on his laurels. Uh, yeah. Deo and Saboom are really, really good friends. So, okay. uh, you know, Saboom has been he has been turning on the stream again and, and doing some Spyro recently, uh, but has not taken world record back. No. That's really cool. And like, it just sounds like a good rivalry, uh, especially just like between friends. It's probably good natured, even though it's competitive. Exactly. Uh, all right, Dory, what's, uh, what's your next one? Number two, uh, one of my, I, I have a lot of speed runs from about the, from this game that I love. Um, I, we, we've been talking about this prior, Kingdom Hearts 2 is one of my favorite games of all yeah. time. Uh, one of my favorite speed runners right now is Ninten. It used to be known as Ninten 866, but he dropped the 866. Uh, make it a little oh, more yeah. friendly of a, oh, of a search. Uh, he just streams for a living. He's an amazing streamer. Uh, honestly, I think he pushes himself too hard sometimes. But he has excellent uh, highlight cuts on his YouTube channel, which is just Ninten or Ninten 866. Um, and um, he did this uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 speed run uh for the winter uh last year i believe in 2020 uh and uh yours truly uh did a donation and got mentioned uh (laughs) it was very corny uh but i was very pleased to be featured there for a hot second uh i love i love his streams he's a chill guy um he's very friendly i've talked to him a couple times i told him about like the first ever speed first ever period speed run i did was Mm -hmm. kingdom hearts 2 a couple years ago and i got um about five and a half hours or six no six and a half hours on critical um and this was like in game time i think not in real time but um it was it was so exhausting and i i was like Mm -hmm. exhausted after i did it um but i have brought that down to five and a half on beginner which i did a couple weeks ago um i'm a very sporadic speedrunner. there are other games i'd love to speedrun. Um, but I just being a student and like, I like streaming just normal games. Yeah. Um, I do want to stream another kingdom hearts to beginner speed run. I'll also be doing that during, um, the charity, um, the charity that happens in, um, uh, extra life that happens. Oh, okay. And so I did kingdom hearts one last year, uh, where I did a 10 hour kingdom hearts, uh, kingdom hearts one speed run blind. I'd never done it before. And I beat it in a little over 10 hours. Hmm. um it's i could have easily done it sub 10 but i didn't um but anyway this speed run not not talk about me um is very good uh Ninten is just a master at his craft he almost gets world record uh in a in a in a set setting that is not conducive to getting world <laughs> record at all if anybody knows anything about hedq um lots of times records just don't happen just because of tech bs or just bad luck just just mm-hmm. marathon run marathon luck i think they call it um yeah. lots of just wild stuff often happens but he, yeah he gets 252 he's just such an incredibly talented runner and i think it really shines through in this run um and it's one of the most recent kingdom hearts 2 speed runs that's also why i picked it 
And so you were saying that you were able to get it to, uh, you said five and a half hours for. Yeah, this is this is in game time. I took a few breaks, so it wouldn't okay. count as a, solid, a legitimate run. Um, and uh, so I took a couple breaks because I was I was very casually speed running it. But yeah, yeah. I, I did it in about including the credits and stuff. If I didn't include the credits, it was probably like five hours and 15 minutes on beginner. Um, and I could have easily got a sub five if I hadn't kept messing up on the last boss. Mm. Yeah, the I, I'm very surprised to hear that he was able to do it in two and a half hours because there's just so much world hopping uh, in that game. And yeah. I just wonder how much of that is skipped uh, or can you even skip it, right? Like, Yeah, there, so that's the thing about Kingdom Hearts 2 speedrunning. And I love talking about this is that there's very little glitches involved. The way that Square Enix made Kingdom Hearts 2, its foundation is so solid that there is really like from a technical perspective, I'm not even saying from mm -hmm. a gameplay or whatever, is that there's really no game, there's no glitches, there's no skips. It's just pretty much knowing what you're working with and using it to the best of your ability. Okay. Um, and so there's no, you know, you're not you're not phasing through walls, you're not skipping. You, there are a couple worlds you can skip because they're they're non-essential. Like you don't have right, to go back but that's to Tron. Just part of the game. Yeah. yeah, that's just part of the game. You don't have to go back to the Tron world the second time. Most people don't know that, but you don't have to. Um, you don't have to go to Pride Lands at all. You don't have to go to. Um, okay. uh, you don't have to go back to. You, you don't have to go to Mermaid. The um, what the hell? Atlantica. You don't have to go to Atlantica at all. That's that's voluntary. Um, so, and you don't have to go to Winnie the Pooh. And, and that so cuts those out. those Winnie four, those four plus skipping all the cutscenes. I mean, you've already shaved off a lot of time um, from from a, a, any given run. Um, so yeah, it's very exciting. And I and I there have been. Uh, lots of people going in and out of the top three. I believe Nintendo is in the top three or in the top five for critical mm -hmm. or beginner. Can't remember, but he's in the top 10 for critical, I think, and uh, or for beginner and then top five for critical. Um, he does okay. a lot of crit runs. A critical is like hard mode. It's like you take a lot more damage, but you also do a lot more damage. OK, so it's a it's a give and a take. Like, yes. Yeah. It's not it's, like your enemies have 20% more health and they're bulkier and they move faster. It's like, no, it's all the same enemies, all the same animations. They don't have any more health. And in fact, you hit harder. It's just, they also hit harder. Uh, and yeah, you have, yeah. you have less health to work with. Hmm. Okay. Luke, what's your next one? My next one is Donkey Kong country Two. uh, any percent. Um, this has been a, heavily ran speed game for a long time probably basically mm -hmm. since the beginning of speed running um insane speed tech really really cool frame perfect tricks uh new tech was even just found for the game again last year to wrong warp to the end of levels so that you don't actually have to complete the entirety of uh certain levels because you are tricking the game into thinking you're going into a barrel that warps you to the end of the level. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there is a ton of speed tech. I think it's, I think it's the most, um, it's not the most popular in terms of active runners, but I think it's the most popular in that it draws a crowd big time. Oh, um, okay. So many people love watching it because it is so technical. And when you watch the runners play it, it's just, in my head, it's so impressive. And I think what the runners are able to pull off is really, really crazy. Um, last I checked, the world record is a 37, 38 minute wow. time. 
So they are cruising through that game. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it's just really, really cool to watch. And if you've got like half an hour to spare on your lunch break, I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, it's, it's a blast. And Dory. Yeah. Um, this is another game I don't have a lot of experience with, but God dang, do I love watching uh, speed runs of mirrors edge. Um, it is huh. just a terrific uh, speed run. If you think about it, it's perfect speed running. Because the whole game is basically parkour. You're already trying to move through these levels very quickly. Um, the, the the amount of tech, movement, precision, um, it's incredible. Um, the one in particular that I recommend is the very, very recent one from January of this year um, by Heikagon. Uh, he beat the game in 42 minutes and 39 seconds, um, which is an incredible run. Uh, I believe he's one of the world record holders, or at least in the top three or something like that. Um I, I've I've only watched a couple of mirror. I think that was only the second Mirror's Edge speedrun I've ever had. I've ever run uh, watched. Excuse me, but uh, it's already becoming one of my favorite speedruns to watch, and I'd probably watch it anytime it comes on, uh, or at least watch the vod of it. It's just so entertaining. The movement is so fluid and interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's just a fun, and it, it's you know similar to the Donkey Kong Country too. It's not even an hour long, um, so you're not using a ton of time to. Uh, get a lot of got a lot out of it and i guess mirror's edge itself is also just entertaining to watch because of the fluid yes. movement and it's sort of like someone that could even not speed running it but just playing it very uh not professionally i guess professionally right uh but playing it with the utmost skill it would be really really cool to watch but also trying to race through it uh i think would be neat luke uh your third one all right, my final speed game. This is going to be a little out of left field, but we're going back to the PlayStation Nation to wrap us up. Uh, when you think of racing games, I'm sure this one is not at the uh, top of y'all's lists, but I have a big uh, space in my heart for Crash Team Racing speedruns. Hmm. I would this not. This is a, no. one of the original racing games for the PlayStation 1. Uh where you get to play as either good characters in Crash Bandicoot series or evil characters in Crash Bandicoot, like Dingo Dial or uh, other characters like so. Um, but I think it's a really cool, like most racing speedruns do have like a couple out of bound tricks, a couple little like mm -hmm. speed tech things to help them go along. Uh, Crash Team Racing has so many parts where you are um, manipulating your uh drifts and your speed in order to either like completely skip parts of the levels or <laughs> to like you're riding on the out of bounds section backwards long enough to like get back to the frontwards part of the level like what it, you have to watch it to like see it because like some yeah. of the boss levels are like super crazy with what they do um and the way that the runners can manipulate like getting back behind the starting line to like make the laps go faster <laughs> That's um funny. And Crash Team Racing, it kind of hit its stride big time when the remakes were released last year on the PS4. Uh, yeah. And that community just kind of really, really blew up. Um, but a lot more people have been uh, running the remakes uh, recently than the older one. But uh, a good buddy of mine, Hypno Shark, he runs the uh, originals. He runs all the Crash Team Racing games that you can think of. Any Crash, any Crash Bandicoot game where he is sitting in the car driving uh hypno shark <laughs> is currently running it and uh, uh those are all just really 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 fun to watch so i'd recommend anybody who is slightly interested in that to give those guys a, a quick look at 
Yeah, I like the idea of. I really like the idea of watching a racing game uh, as a speed run, as a, a racing game as a racing game, right? Um, and just being able to see, because that game does employ the drift mechanic in a way that actually speeds you through it. So doing that and also doing tech and also doing a bunch of different tricks like that would be really cool. What is like, do you know the top time for it? Uh, Hypno has world record for it. Um, but I'm trying to think, I know it's like somewhere in the 40 minutes for any percent. He runs a bunch of the, uh, he runs a bunch of the different categories though. So it's not just, uh, any percent, you know, he runs a hundred percent or one oh one percent but yeah, he has like world record in every single category you could think of all the miscellaneous ones. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, uh, crash team racing oh gosh i have to like scroll through all of his crash team stuff because he's got like so much of it um but he has world record in uh the new one in nitro fueled for the ps4 oh, okay so he has world record for that one and on crash team racing he has the world record for any percent warpless is 55 minutes dang that's so really that's really good I would really like to, that's going to be one that I'm going to have to watch and look it up. And now on speedrun.com, it's got links to like people's Twitch and their YouTubes and stuff like that, right? Usually speedrun.com profiles will show any social media that they have connected. So Discord names, YouTubes, Twitters, Twitches, you know, anything that is related to them, you can look up, look them up, find them. So any of the creators that we mentioned today, you can also find through speedrun.com. You can look them up and then... I think I'm definitely going to be going back and making sure to watch uh, the Mirror's Edge and the uh, the Crash Team Racing because those both sound like they'd be super fluid in some weird choppy ways, but like every other piece of movement around it would be so fluid and really fun to watch as well as the tech. Uh, so that'd be really cool. All right, so before we get into some Hitman 3 and a little bit of... Uh, well, before we get into Hitman 3 and the big Mass Effect remaster talk, uh, Dory, so you work very closely with PS Premier, correct? Correct. True. Uh, what uh, What's some of the big stuff that y'all have been working on here lately? I know, I'm sure that there are videos that y'all can't quite talk about, right? But, right. Um, yeah, we've, is... we've actually been working on a, a bit of a secret project for a few weeks now. Um, and uh, we're also working on... Uh, should have talked to Smithy about how much I can say or can't say, but no, um, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're we're working on. Safe to say, we're working on a couple of different big things. Um, we also recently had Marvel come out with a Cliff uh, Cliff Johnson or yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, um, what was a video? Yeah. Um, and he is just so brilliant. Uh, and he is basically uh pretending to be a rock climber and uh reacting to Uncharted uh and got us almost 100 views which is pretty cool we'll probably hit 100 pretty soon um and that was really fun to watch him because he sent a lot of a lot of the rough cuts and some of the take uh like the outtakes and bloopers and stuff so it's just very funny we were all cracking up okay wait so did he keep a lot of that in the video um he kept a lot of a a lot of the final cut is is what was in the original um but we just did some cutting a couple minutes here uh or a couple of uh long sequences here and there 
Are y'all going to be planning? Are y'all planning on doing? Well, you already said that y'all are, have some secret stuff, but I know with Hitman Three, are you going to be doing the uh, a review by that? I I'm I was planning on it. it. It might take me a while because I'm so sluggish at getting through this game um, for secretive reasons, but also <laughs> just because oh, right, right. Uh, school has started up for me, uh, and I was working on um, a book review um the the most of the month of january um but yeah so i i i do a lot of reviews for ps premiere probably my best one is my miles morales one yeah, i really really um, like that one yeah a lot of people had very kind words to say i even felt you know i i struggle with self-esteem and stuff like that but even after i had finished it i was like damn i think this one looks really good uh and a lot of people like reaffirmed that which was very nice yeah, I think that was one that we specifically called out with whenever Smithy was on. Yeah, uh, just how impressive that one was, and it felt very professional, right? Yeah. Uh, um, so that was a really good one. And I will probably link that one in the show notes as well. I um, am working on, or I will be working on the review for uh, Disco Elysium Final Cut. Uh, right. I've already played the base game, so I've got it. You know, it shouldn't take me too long to be able to write up that review i i mean i think maybe okay. a week or two turnaround but i don't know uh other than that i don't have any immediate plans i've, I've kind of thrown out a couple of ideas to smithy but i've either not followed up which is totally my responsibility or smithy's been like eh, i don't know um yeah. and so we we try to workshop it and then ultimately like you know if it happens it's great but um yeah i i've just been really excited with the podcast lately um we are like i said working on some exciting stuff both with the podcast and we are also in talks with some other folks about an exciting project uh that i don't want to give too many details about yeah no that's something to look forward to something to tease something to get excited about that's really cool um all right well you all have been playing hitman 3 we talked about it a little bit earlier on in the episode and we specifically i want to zone in on dartmoor as a uh as a level but Hitman 3, for anyone that doesn't know, you're a Hitman. You are given a target. You go through, and we've talked about it in past episodes, that there's some very strange ways that you can accomplish your hits. Uh, you can do it by accidents. You can do it through throwing a banana at the person, knocking them out, and then going and uh, you know breaking their neck. Uh, there's a bunch of... It's so self-serious, I feel like, in the story yet the actual gameplay has such weird, strange wackiness to it. What would, what has been sort of your thoughts on Hitman 3 uh, as you've played what, uh, Dubai and Dartmoor, right? Yeah, I've played uh, both of these levels, and um, I've played a lot of Dubai, so I can speak more to that than Dartmoor, but in the one run that I have done of Dartmoor, um, it was very exhaustive. And so I have just been uh, really enjoying the Dubai level. I've beaten it you know, six ways to Sunday, um, at this point, uh, and just gone through it a lot. I probably spent about, I don't know. I I'm sure there are people who have spent way longer, but I've spent maybe about three hours in, in just Dubai, in just, just, yeah. just like trying to get both targets in different, interesting ways. I've gotten pretty much most of the assassination methods at this point, uh, explored all the locations, et cetera, et cetera. So that's been really fun. Um, there's still tons of, there's still at least a handful of stuff that I haven't done in Dubai that I'd love to do. Still a couple of notable kills that I haven't gotten. Um, my first run was a disaster. Uh, and I just like immediate, like almost immediately got caught doing something. Um, so I restarted 
And then my second one was going badly, but I, but, and I was about to restart, but then I did probably one of the smartest things. I was like, you know what? Let's see how this plays out. Yeah. And I was able to run away, change disguises, evade capture. And then I was eventually able to kill both targets after like a very, very rocky uh, start. Um, So just going with that flow, I discovered very early was really important for me. Yeah. So that was something that I was going to ask about because we talked about it. uh, I believe last episode, Luke, I can't remember if it was the last one or the one before it, um, where it's sort of like a perfectionist nightmare because you may have all the best intentions going into a uh, level and then you pick up the wrong item and someone gets mad at you and then things go awry. And so if you're a save scummer that just loves to, that needs to have that perfect run, you're going to like just have a conniption every single time, but it is sort of better to just go with the flow, right? Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, I definitely do save scum every now and then. Mm -hmm. uh, But for the most part, I'll try to go with something. Even if it's botched, I'll try to recover it if I can. Um, I'll usually save before I do incredibly risky things. I did that a couple times in Dartmoor. Uh, which by the way is I absolutely adore as a level, both because mm-hmm. you can be a private investigator uh, and solve a mystery, uh, which I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did, but it was excellent. Um, and I, I like the mystery itself. It's very knives out, which is a movie I highly recommend. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. yeah it's very knives out. I love knives out. And so I loved this, uh, go see knives out. It's great. Um, Captain America swears in it. So it's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um i yeah i flip and love that movie and i love murder mysteries in general i love noir stuff um I, I i haven't really mentioned this too much but i i do dungeon mastering and game mastering um and uh i did a i game mastered for a game called uh, bubblegum shoe which is basically mm-hmm. like a teenage detective game uh that i played with three of my friends for about a semester or something um and so yeah i'm a big fan of of sort of mystery stuff and and dartmoor just really scratched that itch for me uh by the end of it i was like wow that was so satisfying i feel like i really did solve a mystery i did not expect this from hitman 3 (laughs) so it does uh like i've heard that sort of that knives out comparison is it like is it fairly directly related or is it just sort of homage? It's, it's, it's homage. I, it's okay. not a direct one-to-one, although I think I interpret there are a couple of references that I honestly think, like somebody mentions the publishing industry uh, okay. and stuff yeah. in that, which is in Knives Out as well. Um, but overall, I mean, the characters are different, The but they're the similar, right? They're, they're rich okay. assholes. They're rich yeah. assholes who are, who are getting what's coming to them, basically. Um so it's similar it's similar but different yeah now that to me i've been wanting to play hitman 3 because of dartmoor and because of that mystery uh level Uh, but because that's really my only interest in the game i'll have to wait until it's on sale right but yeah uh, it does look like that alone seems really really compelling to me and then also you can go back to dartmoor and just mess around and sort of do the weirder hitman stuff yeah the great thing is that you can just start at different locations uh i you know upon beating it for the first time i unlocked like playing as a gardener starting there so you don't have to get past the opening guards and that just completely changes the sort of tone and landscape of that map um because Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden um you're already in you don't have to sneak in you don't have to take the pi 
Uh, and there are other story missions that I want to take advantage of. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go to Berlin next uh, in the game, and I'm hoping to do that soon. I feel like, did you have anything more specifically that you wanted to talk about with Hitman 3? Did you have anything called out that like really? No, um, I mean, I. so one thing I will say is that the the game, you know, the self-serious thing, I think is a bit of a problem. I don't really care about its story. And I think mm-hmm. the more they try to make the story important, the more I roll my eyes. Like, I don't think any of your player base are really here for the story. I could be wrong about that. I don't know. I, you know, I have not been engaged with Hitman since the mid 2000s, so I could be completely yeah. wrong. But my sense is that people don't care about the story. They care about the fun gameplay, the goofy gameplay, and killing people in funny ways. And I think that's yeah. the core of their audience. There are definitely people who do care about the story, and, you know, that's awesome. But I'm not one of those people. Uh, I joined uh, Hitman 3 having basically no idea of what's going on and pretty much instantly got it, you know. The okay. 47s, I, yeah. yeah, 47s going after a shadowy organization. They hurt him. He's going to hurt them. It's not complicated. And there are really cool like set designs with every cutscene leading up to the people that you're about to assassinate. Like they'll do these set pieces where um it'll be, you know, they'll they'll like show the person you're about to kill and there'll be like a you know a set piece behind them to illustrate who they are as a person, you know, ship mm-hmm. sailing or I, it's hard to describe, you know, uh, but um it's really cool. But I also just don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. Sorry. Uh, I just don't okay. care. <laughs> Um, so, um, you know, I, I'm there to have a good goofy time and make people fall on banana bananas and then crack their neck. You know? So yeah. I just, I don't care about the story. I, that's something that I, I'm glad to hear at least that you can jump into it. Uh, yeah. but we're going to be getting next into the mass effect remaster news, uh, and trailer. I am going to play some mass effect like music right now wow but not for y'all y'all don't get this music damn it i don't i honestly don't know if i'll be able to actually put any music in this spot so i'll like go on youtube and go to the youtube studio thing find some mass effect like music but okay i i you know you're lucky you know a a lot of video game music isn't copyrighted so you might might look up sweet uh oh yeah you know i can just find it on that uh, it's going to be playing in the background. Whatever I choose is playing in the background of this entire conversation. Oh, wow, amazing. Yeah, so, uh, Luke, do you have any background with the Mass Effect series? Uh, so, the only Mass Effect I've actually played was the multiplayer in 3, I believe, where it was like kind of like the horde okay. mode, if you will. Yeah. I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with that, but oh, yeah. uh, when it was like in beta... Uh, my friends and I would play that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't actually played any of the campaigns, uh, but yeah. I know a lot about it because I like would be at my best friend's house while he was like playing through the campaign for like the third, oh, okay. the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, like making yeah. different choices, seeing what all was out there. Uh, you know, uh, my favorite choice on the Citadel, if you will. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm very familiar with the Mass Effect story. Yeah, it's one. Uh, it was probably right next to Inside slash Limbo as my favorite set of games of all time, even though those are spiritual successors. But it is from Bioware. It is a trilogy. We're not 
necessary. Andromeda, Andromeda gets some flack. It's fine, but it's not the original trilogy uh, that is being remastered. It's going to get up-res textures across the board using this AI texture up-reser thing. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of the choices that were made throughout, like changing uh, Fem Shepherd, Female Shepherd, for the third game is now being retroactively put into the first two to be more uniform across the board if you choose, like most people did, if you choose the Female Shepherd choice. Uh they are streamlining some of the gameplay. They're making the cover a little bit better. So if you've recently been playing, or if you remember Mass Effect 1 at all, that's the game that's getting most of the enhancements and making it more modern, uh, nice. taking away some of the the sort of old school Bioware RPG feel that was really ingrained into that. Not taking it away, but I guess enhancing it, right? Uh, Dory, what's your experience with Mass Effect? So as a longtime Mass Effect fan, can we can we just kick uh, Luke out? Like, can we just can we just? Oh kick, yeah, is that uh, how this yeah. works? Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, he hasn't played Mass Effect, so right, goodbye. Signing off. No, <laughs> no. I think it's funny that Luke says that he's only played the Mass Effect Three multiplayer because that's literally one of the few things I haven't played. DLC oh, really? aside, DLC aside, that's one of the few things from Mass Effect in the main trilogy that I haven't played. I also haven't played Andromeda. Um, and I, I'm aware of all the, the flack I get. I, I hear it as good <laughs> gameplay, but the story sucks. That's that's what I've heard. Yeah, basically. Um, so you know, uh, yeah. So it's like a reverse Mass Effect one, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Con- maybe controversial. I don't know. But anyway, I grew up with Mass Effect one. I loved Mass Effect one. Um, it made me really think about my choices. I had never played Kotor before, so that was my introduction to Bioware. That I've since yeah. corrected that egregious error and gone back and played Kotor and Kotor two, I and I love. Both of them dearly. Um, but um, that was my introduction to Bioware, playing Mass Effect on the Xbox? Yeah. Well, no, 360. 360. That's what I played it on. 360, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. It's been a long, long time since I played it. I went back on my PC, I think, and I played Mass Effect 2. Um, and I loved it. Uh, it's one of my favorite games of all time. And then I played Mass Effect 3. It's great. Uh, 90% of it's great. Uh, and that's all I'll say there. Ninety percent of it is great. Uh, there's a certain sliver uh, that I don't think is very good, uh, and I think kind of speaking sucks. of the online community, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. uh, probably people, probably people uh, laid on onto Bioware more than they should have. Uh, God knows, yeah. fan yeah. communities can be more toxic than they need to be. Um, I just didn't like the ending at all to Mass Effect Three, but that's been that's a horse that's been beaten. It's, Beaten to death, brought back yeah. up from its grave, and then beaten to death 20 more times. So, you know, I don't really need to go over that here. And I guess speaking to that a little bit is that they did say that for the remaster, the sort of extended version of the ending is going to be just the standard version in this one. And so they are sort of trying to uh, learn from their mistakes a little bit. And I yeah. thought the extended version was good. Uh, yeah. And I... I the my argument there, I guess, is that there are so many other ways that your choices really do matter in that game, and such these just like endless myriad of uh, combinations that that finale sort of falling off made it didn't. I wasn't too worried about it. Yeah. Um, whenever I played through it, it, I think it was kind of like, ah, oh, this uh, is weird. But I do think it's a shame because the the game otherwise is terrific. Like I think yeah. Mass Effect Three has so many things that pay off, and, and it's still excellent Bioware writing. 
Uh, the combat is I, probably the best that it ever was in the trilogy. I mean, makes sense, right? Um, mm-hmm. I really loved a lot of those side missions, a lot of the characters getting to see them again. Um, you know, Garrus, uh, you know, for life. Um, and it's just, you know, I, so I, I don't know. It, it's so tough because I love that game, but God, that ending sucks and everything about <laughs> it is bad. It's so bad. Um, and so yeah. to Luke's credit, uh, which unfortunately Luke, uh, the, multiplayer for mass effect 3 was fantastic uh it was you missed out dory by not playing it it was really incredible but unfortunately they are that is one of the things that is not going to be making it onto the remaster they're doing all dlcs except for one from what i understand semi-obscure dlc from mass effect 1 because the Um, uh, file data was corrupted right and so they've lost that and then they're also not doing multiplayer on there which is unfortunate that they're losing the ma- the multiplayer because it was a lot of fun. Um, and if you really were able to get a squad together, uh, you could just lose so much time into that. Um, and <clears throat> But some of the other stuff that they're doing besides the up-res and the character models uh, is they are including every other DLC in this. And so that is a blind spot for me. Yes, also me. Same. Uh, That's why when I said I played the trilogy and then my big blind spot is the multiplayer, I said besides the DLCs because I have only played... I think I only played the DLC that involved Liara in Mass Effect 2, the Shadow Broker one. Um, Yeah. And then I I don't think I played anything else. Uh, I wanted to, um, but I think I was uneducated about how much DLC there was to to the beginning. Yeah, I really don't... I didn't realize there is so much. I mean, whenever people well, start listing a lot of the DLCs. Sorry, a lot of it's weapons and, and, and armor, True. to be clear. Right, right. Yeah. And that's the sort of, whenever you see the list, it does seem a lot more, but the yeah. storyline DLCs. weapon and armor or whatever. Yeah, storyline DLCs, it's like three or four per game, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, each of those is about five hours, right? Uh, so that's a very, that, that takes an already, to in my opinion, perfectly paid, paced 40 hour game uh you know up to 60 hours or whatever uh if you're looking at mass effect 2 or mass effect 3 but i've been going back and replaying mass effect 1 i'm up to uh i just started really exploring the galaxy and getting to that point uh which is about probably four hours into the game because i did everything on the citadel you can do but it's amazing to me to go back to these older bioware games and how simplified the terrain is, how simplified the levels are. You're just going from point A to point B. You might like see a one little alleyway off to the side that if you go down, you'll get like a, a biotic or you'll get a weapons upgrade. But none of it's too sprawling. None of it's too overwhelming in any way. And it's kind of nice. Like it's nice to go back and play a game that has instead of such intense detail that you can get completely lost in a level. It's like you have like four rocks and the rest is just this flat green terrain. And so you just easily know how to navigate and get around. Uh, And it's all based on the story. And I'm wondering how much they're going to update the actual terrain and the besides just like, are those four rocks just going to look really, really good? Or are they going to be implementing more sort of uh, artifacts? And are they going to be implementing... uh, more assets, I guess. Yeah. I'm, so my understanding uh, coming from Game Informer, especially Liara, uh, or not Liara, Liana, 
who is a big, big Mass Effect fan. Um, she got the inside scoop with, um, oh, I'm forgetting her name, Kimberly Wallace, I think her name is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also of Game Informer. And they got sort of an inside scoop on sort of what Mass Effect would be looking like. Uh, the whole thing. Mass Eff- it looks like Mass Effect 1 and 2 are getting the biggest overhauls, especially right. 1. Uh, the Mako is going to be slightly uh, fine-tuned. Oh, the UI so is... So the good. Yeah, the yeah, Mako is real rough. Uh, I, I like Mass Effect 1, but I cannot defend that Mako. Um, no. Anyway, the UI is going to be improved. Uh, there are going to be lots of texture uh, fix-ups, touch-ups. Um, it's going to basically look like a really good PS3 game, I think, or something like that. Yeah, or maybe like a, a really... Put that. Yeah, like a really good PS3 game or a really not great ps4 game take right, your pick very One of the early very PS4 early generation. ps4 game that's what i should say not very bad it's not like it's gonna look bad honestly even the originals don't look that bad to me no, yeah. uh it's just some of the animations are rough some of the facial stuff is rough but that's to be expected i mean mocap wasn't as as i don't know if they use mocap but i if they did mocap was not as developed as it is now um you see studios uh, like naughty dog especially using mocap oh, right and it's still going to be, I mean, it's still, still going to be great. I, yeah. I don't care that they're not remaking it. I don't care that they're not putting it on real engine. I, it does, that doesn't matter to me. Like some people yeah. are like, oh, but this would look so good in 4k Unreal." I'm like, yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And I wish they would do that, but it's not a big deal to me that they're not like, I, I don't play mass effect for the stunning graphics. Right. right. And you know, some people are like, oh, look at all these lens flares and the way the sky looks. I'm like, I don't remember how the sky looks above yeah. any of these planets. Like that doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't know. There are certain things that I think mass, some, some mass effect fans are really big diehards and they're going to notice things that I'm just not going to, which is fine. That's, that's fine. But I, I, it doesn't bother me. Um, I think it's just great if they make it look like a really good PS3 or really early PS4. I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm fine. With and that. I, it is really important to remember that this game came out in 2007 um, yes. And so it was a follow up to uh, Kotor. Um, and, you know, they had just put out Baldur's Gate 2 only seven years before that. And so it feels like a game from 2007. So whenever I'm playing it, Mass Effect 1 now, and the animation sort of like the character, which listeners can't really see my head, but have these like very stiff like moving back and forth. And then their eyes are kind of like rolling around in their heads as they're moving around. And it's jarring to play that here in 2021. Um, and so whenever that stuff does get updated, they're not going to be able to update it all. So it is important to like have that. I, I'm kind of, I'm glad that I went back to play Mass Effect 1 to reset sort of my expectations. Because again, the story, like you're saying, is where it's at. That's the important part. And so I'll just appreciate the remaster all the more uh, by having played the first one again here recently. It's one of the most exciting, for me, releases of the year. Um, so yeah. I'm I'm hyped for it. And that comes out May something. Uh, I think it's... You know off the top of your head? I think it's 13th, 17th? Uh, let me... Matt's Effect Legendary Edition comes out May 14th, 2021. 14th. <laughs> so it'll be right around the corner. And that'll be just in time to get off for summer uh, and just focus on that for the... 150 hours it takes to play all of it with its DLC, and I'm so pumped for it. Yep. Uh, DLC is a big blind spot of mine, so I'm really excited to play all that DLC. Yep. All right, so I feel like that's all good. We've talked about uh, Hitman, we've talked about favorite speedruns, and we've talked about Mass Effect. We are finally going to finish up, as always, 
with a couple community shout outs uh, where we are sort of shouting out the idea. Uh, oh my gosh. Shouting out some creators that we really enjoy that we recommend other people go see. So uh, Luke, do you want to start us off with your shout out? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and shout out, uh, one of the people in the Kazooie Tui, uh, community. He's actually the owner of the Kazooie Discord. I'm going to shout out my boy, uh, Asmi. Um, he's taken upon himself to kind of, you know, like I said, he hosted, he's hosting the Banjo Tui 100% tournament right now. Uh, and he is, um, doing, you know, he's taking more steps to make that community, uh, as active as possible. He also started up something called the Banjo-Kazooie League, which is a, a weekly uh, asynchronous um, Banjo-Kazooie uh, league for people who want to race each other throughout the year and earn nice. points towards a leaderboard. So, yeah, just like uh, little changes like he's made um, for the community, I think are really great. And, uh, yeah, I think he deserves a shout-out. So you can check him out. He is at uh, azmi one on speedrun.com and on twitch.tv. Awesome. Uh, Dory, who do you got? Yeah, um, I wanted to uh, shout these guys out because they are uh, friends of mine, um, some of my favorite people on the Minimax Discord, uh, Draft Punks podcast. Um, they basically take a concept, a person, a place, a thing, it doesn't matter, and they draft it and they talk about like, what are their favorites? Uh, I, I've been on it a few times. Um, I've have not listened to nearly enough episodes, but I've listened to, uh, you know, uh, the ones I have listened to, uh, the ones I've been on, uh, and also the folks involved um, really make me uh, give y'all a strong recommendation or any of the listeners to check out uh, uh, Draft Punks. Um, they just did an episode on favorite Zelda locations. Um, so that um, sounds like a really good episode. Um, again, I've, don't have time really to keep up with all my podcasts uh, as much as I'd like to these days. Um, but um, yeah, draft bunks, go check them out. Yeah. Uh, they, they were, I think one of my first um, shout outs as well. They really do make, I don't know. It's just such a cool concept that I'm yes. very jealous of. <laughs> yes. Uh, mine is going to be actually an artist from Texas a uh a musician cameron everett uh he's got some he's just recently well it's weird he's got an ep that came out like last spring that uh, just recently started listening to and it is really really good it's got some great songs on there it's got some songs that maybe i'm, I'm not as excited about but he's a, a small artist very local and he's doing a really wonderful job making some good music so that's cameron c-a-m-e-r-o-n everett e-v-e-r-e-t-t and i really suggest checking them out all right we're gonna end the show on the plugs dory where can people find you again uh yeah you can find me at declare 192 uh that's uh d-c-l-e-y-r-e 192 um and that is my new official favorite way to say that um that i've just <laughs> discovered tonight so thank you um you can find me on twitter uh twitch uh and youtube uh with that handle and really that's all you need sweet luke where should we look for you as always you can find me at secret humor man on twitter or on twitch or on speedrun.com come check me out 
And I run, unfortunately, the Press X to Doubt, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, I have just sort of recently fallen off. Uh, so I'm going to be getting back into that a little bit more. Uh, took a, a a break from not posting, I guess, for a while. Um, but I will also say here in the next month or so, I, I think that I'm going to be, after we do this big move, I'm going to try to get back into doing some more Twitch streams and actually like becoming a little bit more regular about that. Uh, so that'll be in the month of March uh, is whenever I feel like I'll go back and maybe Luke and I can finally get down and play a good co-op game together. Maybe the new Battletoads or something like that. Whatever people suggest, Pog. we will take suggestions. I think that'll be a lot of fun to do a paired stream with stuff like that. That'll be fun. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget the best way to spread the word about Press X to Doubt, PS Premier, SHM's Twitch, uh, Dory's Twitch, is just to share it out. Tell a friend. Put it on social media. Say, hey, these people are making some great stuff, and you should listen. And we really appreciate whenever you do that. Have a wonderful day, evening, morning, uh, whatever time you are listening. Bye, Good friends. Bye. Has this winter been getting you cold? It's so cold. It's so cold. I need my slippers every day. Would you like to pay $1,800 for a pea coat? No. Yes. Yes. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. Never mind. <laughs> I, I missed that. Wait, were we supposed to say no? <laughs> yeah, you're supposed, supposed to say, say no. no. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back. <laughs>